Again, Wilkinson in the place. Johnny Wilkinson, he's got it! Ella, Shimpeda, Bajero! Oh, you beauty! What a headshot! What a headshot! Hello and welcome to this week's uh, The Two Pinter. Jono, fresh from your experience of seeing uh, Lomachenko fighting on the weekend, is he the best pound for pound fighter you've ever seen? Yeah, you, I think I'd say so. Uh, I did see Golovkin when probably when he was a couple of years back when he was at the peak of his powers, and, and that was very impressive. But I suppose that's you are the pound for pound, Golovkin for more the power. Um, no, he just does carry power, power, power as well. But no, uh, Lomachenko. I don't think he's at his best. Um, I think I've seen him better than that. And I think uh, Luke Campbell deserves a lot of credit. But mm. you kind of um, it's such a high standard. It's like saying that he, he only got like nine and a half out of ten or something. Uh, he. Yeah, he. You know, it seemed like a bit of a harsh scorecard, but yeah, on proper reflection, and mate, I was with Luke at the time, said it's kind of the way boxing is done. You know, you score it round by round. It's not a reflection overall the fight. And mm. and Lomachik, I think Luke Campbell deserved more than he got a couple of scorecards, but um, yeah, overall he he was competitive every round, and he did push Lomachenko, and uh, it wasn't an easy fight for Lomachenko, but still at the same time he was uh, stood in front of Luke Campbell. Most of the time, not getting hit and managing to find home for his shots on Luke Campbell. Um, he, yeah, he's just supreme. You, you, yeah, you see the footwork up close and just see how he, he is always in range, but yet not in range. Uh, how he sort of, yeah, it's like he downloads his uh, the problem in front of him and just starts picking it apart more and more. <laughs> uh, his body shots were the two that caused Campbell really problems. The one in the fifth, and then he was not, not far from being finished, and the one in the eleventh. Mm. Um, yeah, and then let's be honest. Luke Campbell's lost one fight before, uh, you know, against Linares, uh, who, who was very good at the time, and and he's a you know gold medal, uh, gold medal Olympian himself. So he's no muppet. He's, he's class, in fact, and I think he did himself a great service. And and yeah, Lomachenko handled him fairly easy at a weight that you might argue is is above where he should be anyway. Yeah. So yeah, he's um it's pretty special. The the crowd was great. Uh, it was it was quite a weird crowd. Everyone was just getting cheered. Campbell was probably getting slightly more cheers, but it was. Yeah, no one was really booing Lomachenko. It was just kind of, uh, but yeah, about as rude as people got was maybe some strong claps. Um, and yeah, as the fight <laughs> went on, it got more and more excited. There was a decent uh, Ukrainian contingent too, but it, yeah, it was definitely buzzing. And um, yeah, they they really picked it up after, the, and it was a really entertaining fight, especially as it went on, uh, especially compared to like the Snorfest of the Huey Fury the before. Yeah, Lomachenko is um, he, he's advertised, and it'd be interesting to see where he wants to go. Uh, but yeah, I don't think you fancy too many more like that. Luke Campbell deserves a lot of credit. Fair play to him. Uh, he really gave it a good go and, and did cause Lomachenko some problems, but it's it's relative problems and you, we're sort of just picking at the holes in Lomachenko, just sort of trying to get some hope, I suppose, for someone to beat him because there's very little wrong with him and just a hell of a lot right. But you, but you said it's, he wasn't his best, though. You said you've seen him better, just obviously maybe 80% or 90% Lomachenko. 
live was as good as you've seen before. Yeah, I think so. I think I uh, saw Golovkin take apart Kell Brook, and he, it was yeah, that was impressive just in terms of watching someone smash smash a man up. Um, seen quite a few of the AJ fights, which are game fun in terms of knockouts, but in terms of skill, yeah, there's it, yeah, they, they little really. skill from AJ, is there? <laughs> I, I would disagree. Another Olympic gold medal, Gareth, but uh, yeah, you know, if you get beat by Andy Ruiz, I don't imagine Lomachenko would get beaten by the lightweight Andy Ruiz, uh, but I could be wrong. Um, <laughs> A contradiction in terms there, like my Andy Ruiz. Yeah, he's um, yeah. In terms of just pure boxing skill and, and watching something and thinking, how do he do that? Where's he coming from? How's that hand whipped out so quick? How is he finding a target? It, yeah, he just just immense. Hmm. Very good. Um, so yeah, that was uh, a quick uh, quick fire question straight into the this week's podcast. Uh, we uh, are the two pinter. Uh, you catch us on Facebook and on Twitter at two pint uh, at pinter two. At Pinter 2 on Facebook or at Pinter 2 on um, Twitter and send us in your questions or comments or um, yeah, if you want to criticise well, we welcome all that don't we Jono? Bring it, bring it on wherever you like always uh, happy to engage So I'm Gaz and I'm uh, a Liverpool fan who uh, well is a Welsh Liverpool fan uh, probably another contradiction and Jono you're uh, Blackburn fan who also supports Arsenal in, in England so yeah I'm kind of confused too <laughs> I wasn't sure which club you're going to go with this week because um Arsenal. Uh, well, in fact, we're not even going to start with Arsenal. We'll go the other way round. Let's uh, let's look at Spurs. We go to the other side of North London. Are <laughs> we are, yeah. Spurs. Are they still? Well, can we still call them a strong? Um, I think many many at the start of the season were saying they were probably the third option of um, going for the title. Uh, so would we say Spurs are still strong? Last season's Champions League finalists, um, or can we say they're still the bottlers? They were two 0 up on uh, on Sunday. And looked fairly cruising, perhaps not the right word, but fairly in control, and ended up coming away with a draw. Uh, oh, well, on, on the, yeah, on that question, I'd, I'd say they were still bottlers. I, I didn't, I didn't think they ever really were in control, other than taking their chances. Well, I thought, I thought Spurs were, were pretty poor at the weekend. I thought Arsenal had a lot of the ball and put a lot of pressure on, and just weren't very clinical. And, and fair play, Spurs took their chances. But I thought, other than that, they didn't really create a lot at all, and I, I, I wasn't really. Impressed with much from them, I thought. Uh, yeah, I thought their their defence that was once a strength a couple of seasons back, and it is it was it wasn't bad last season, but it was, probably wasn't as good as it was a couple of seasons ago. Mm. Was again uh, a bit suspect at times. Um, that midfielder Winks and Zoko, I, I didn't think had the greatest challenge in front of him. I didn't think either of them were particularly there. Uh, yeah, Eriksson took his goal. It was a bit, a bit basic one to take, I suppose, but he had to be there. Son, Son, I thought was quite lively. Uh, Kane, I don't think much Spurs offered a whole lot really, and I think they they do look like they're in. They're definitely having a rough start to the season, and you know last season they, I think they didn't have a great start as well, but they had half of England's World Cup team coming back from that. Um, so you, and, and they had their yeah, Belgian players as well, didn't they? So mm. you can give them a bit more leeway this summer. Um, all right, they suppose they did go. I say a bit a bit longer with the Champions League final. It was quite early, wasn't it? And. Suppose they made some new signings that were going to push them on, but they still just look. Uh, I thought they, yeah, I wasn't impressed with Spurs. I didn't think they looked great, and they, all right, they did come to Arsenal and go two 0 up. Uh, and I'm sure, well, uh, yeah, I imagine most Spurs fans would have taken a draw before the game because they've been in the greatest form. But uh, yeah, for once, <laughs> oh, strong statement, strong statement. Oh, I think, I, I think, uh, I think at the Emirates they'd take a draw. Um, 
Yeah, I suppose they let the lead slip, which is, is poor and bottling, and, and I don't think they played that well outside of their, their clinicalness, really. So, yeah, bottlers. So, OK, now you've, you've, you've torn apart Spurs and derised everything about Spurs. What are Arsenal doing, then? Surely, surely that makes Arsenal even worse. Uh, Arsenal worse defensively, um, comfortably, uh, and probably worse in the south side. I didn't love Winks or... Uh, or Suzuka, they they both have a lot better than Granite Jacker. Christ alive! Um, this, this is so I'll funny. Try, this I, is so funny that you uh, you hate Jacker these days. I, I, I've tried to like him, Gav. I've tried to give him <laughs> lots and lots of benefits of the doubt. I tried to think, oh no, maybe he's going to sort of learn how to play football one day, and maybe those you know lovely thirty-yard passes that he sprays out to the fullbacks, maybe it adds some 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 substance to that occasional bit of style, but. No, he's an idiot. He's not. He's, he's never had a football <laughs> brain that hasn't developed. You know, people say something you seem to have, we don't. But he, he hasn't developed any side of his game. He's got no more now defensively. And yeah, <laughs> oh, coming off your feet in the area at any time, unless you're making like a block, is it, stupid. But coming in and the tackle he did to give away the penalty when there was just no need to, just it sums <laughs> him up. Um, yeah, I think um, I don't think it was the right balance to the side, uh, and so I don't think that the, they're obviously trying to. Trying to do a bit of a Liverpool, I think, with those three in midfield, aren't they? Trying to have three sort of hard-working midfielders who sort of do the job and then have a big three up front. But, mm. um, yeah, I think that left... I don't think it's a great mix of the three. I think they'd be better. They, they were better when Tobias came on. They could get to play the 4-2-3-1 with Torreira and Gunduzi screen, I think, and it's not ideal. Uh, defensively, yeah, not great what Socrates was doing for the first goal. Um I'm not sure why him and Jack are both need to try and go and win the ball for Harry Kane. Neither of them did. Mm. Um, and then, then it was quite easy for, uh, what was his Lamella, wasn't it, who uh, cut in the offside and Louise had to come across. And then, yeah, I didn't think Leno's keeping was, was the best. Uh, but going forward, I thought Arsenal were a lot better with, with, without perhaps being clinical enough. I thought they put a lot of pressure on Spurs and, and created a lot of chances. And that was nice to see. And, and had quite a lot of the ball, I think, really. But uh, not clinical enough and still uh, poor defensively. Well, yeah, it was 26, 26 shots for Arsenal to compare to 13 from Spurs, but Spurs had nine on target and Arsenal only eight. So, yeah, kind of... Um, well, you start off, yeah, start off by saying Spurs were clinical. Uh, yeah, I don't remember really having uh, that many chances, but 13, nine on target. Uh, there was... I mean, Kane at the post, didn't he? That mm. was well played. Um, yeah, the, 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 the thought Spurs weren't up to a whole lot and, and Arsenal... Perhaps could have taken advantage later on, but yeah, it was, it was, it was decent to, to fight back from there, uh, and they were pushing on late, weren't they? Uh, but but couldn't get the winner. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be frightened of either side if I'm well, most team, uh, most of the, <laughs> the most of the better, most of the sort of top half of the table. Really, I think yeah, I think you'd uh, I think if you get them on a get get either side on their best day, I think they're both still very good sides. But um, those best days are too far few and far between, and there's a lot of inconsistency in the side Spurs. Uh, you know, one of the best players, Ericsson, is, is, seems to be one out of the club. Son's coming back from injury. Ali came on, didn't he, later on, and um, seems to be a bit in and out of the team. Their, their defence doesn't seem settled. Vatonga finally made it back, didn't they? And Arsenal mm. have, haven't got uh, an idea what their best 11 is at the minute. And all right, it's only a few games in, but um, yeah, I hope he doesn't try and play that free in midfield again. I, just, I don't think it works. I think you need a bit more creativity in there to try and feed that exciting front three, which is an exciting front three. If you had um, if you had an option, two talented players or supposedly talented players coming through uh, each side, um, would you take Winks or Gwendozi? 
Uh, that's a good question. Uh, interesting one. Uh, probably, I'll probably go Winks. I think he's slightly hmm. tidier. I think Gunduzi looks like he should be better than he actually is. Uh, he's, he's active, he gets around the ball, he's a bit of a harrier, and he likes to carry the ball and turn away a bit. I don't even think he actually does a lot with the ball once he's got it. Wink. I think that's a little uh, bit harsh. I'd, 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 I'd probably say the other way. I'd, I'd, I think Winks, I don't really know what Winks does. Um, I think uh, when Winks plays well, and he's he's not, he, I think he was starting to play well last season before he picked up an injury, didn't he? Um, he he's a bit more of a link-up sort of the short midfield passes, like a a really really crap version of Xavi, I guess. Uh, he I think <laughs> he, he's got a bit more about him, and probably people go for. He's probably not as good defensively as Gendouzi, but I still, yeah, I think Gendouzi looks very busy doing not loads, or he, he sort of gets in the way. But I don't think his position is brilliant and. Uh, I think he probably is not helped by having Jack next to him and they're sort of not seeming to know which one does which but he, <laughs> he looks exciting <laughs> Winks is probably helped by having uh, Sissoko next to him either No, and I wonder uh, if Winks got uh, Ndombele next to him he might be better, you wonder mm. um, I think Winks might have slightly more about him I, I might have been harsh and Gendouzi I really liked him when he first came in but I don't think it, I've seen enough development from there and he's still young so hopefully maybe he'll come on I just yeah, I think he 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 looks better than he is sometimes. Yeah, I, th I think they're both they're both very similar in that. I, th I think yeah. they both could they both could potentially <laughs> be they could, they both could be potentially be the the club's kind of flagship um, young player coming through the side. Um, something someone to build your, your future or your next ten years around. Uh, and I don't think either of them. And again, you're right. It's, they're both they're both young, so perhaps it's too harsh to kind of judge them too much yet. But. Uh, I don't think either of them do, do either of them get in the in the sides of any of the any of the other top ten or I don't know maybe top six do any of them get in either of those sides? Um, no, uh, it was Everton centre midfield at the minute. Maybe they Everton have moved around players there, haven't they? I probably no, they just got Gomez Gomez now, aren't they? But, um, he yeah, plays next to him. They, they moved around. Maybe well, no, probably still not though. Uh, West Ham, would you? Are they better than like a Mark Noble? Even I'm not sure they are. Um, <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, that's saying quite a lot. I don't want to say Mark Noble's the greatest, uh, greatest player. He's a hard worker. No, but he, he knows what he's doing. He's sort of affecting what he does, and I'm not sure Winks or Gendouzi are. Mm. Um, would they get in ahead of Mauricio Kiate for Palace? No, I'm not sure they would. Palace wrapping four for the minute. Yeah, uh, no, I don't think they're, they're knocking anyone's door down. Sizoko had a couple of times when he looked good with the ball for and then blasted it over, didn't he? His, his oh, shooting's is, awful. His end product is not good, and he doesn't. It's not like he makes up for it with some great crosses. Um, he's, he's better than he was a couple of seasons about Sizoko, but he's still, he's, yeah, he, he, yeah, not not great. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, but um, I think both sides are, are lacking a bit in centre midfield um, for mm. sure, and. I think Spurs. They, well, they 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 did spend a lot of money, and Ndombele looked good before he um he got injured. He was injured, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. Oh, I assume so. You, you say he looked good. He looked really he good in the bit. first game, and he scored. Um, yeah, he scored. Scored a goal. Yeah, um, and he, he, he was coming. Yeah, highly touted, and you know, so that was probably their solution. Their Arsenal were going to have to hope for a bit more internal development, and um, I think they'll. Yeah, they're probably better just. Put a couple of them in and, and uh, yeah, giving up on the Zachary experiment, but I'm worried they won't because I'm only captain and, and <laughs> putting Sabayos or or even those ahead. I think um, I think they're still. I see Mkhitaryan went today, didn't he? He's gone on loan to Roma, so mm. it looks like Ozil will be. 
well, uh, Ozil and Tobias, I assume, sort of splitting time in that role to be creative, and I still, I still think I'd write much rather see Ozil trying to thread balls through to those three than than Xhaka, yeah. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day. Um, and, and yeah, Arsenal, I suppose, aren't great defensively, so just try and make a some sort of sort of system, and then maybe concentrate your your, um, your plans and attack and where you're strong. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Um, going on the back of the, well, the Premier League as a whole, then over the weekend, uh, where was the best result for you? Is that Stamford Bridge? But it wasn't for the home team. It's uh, the, the mighty chef you. Mm. I hope you make Dan, Dan's listening. Uh, I think very impressive to come back down two 0 away at Chelsea. Right, it's not the strongest Chelsea team. Uh, they could try some new stuff under uh, under Frank Lampard, and they are playing a bit of youth, and, and maybe they'll give them time. Maybe they won't. But uh, Sheffield, yeah, coming up, and, and they, they seem to really um, be showing some resilience so far, and sort battling for points to come back from two 0 down. Uh, yeah, and to put them in the top half, doesn't it? Just ahead of Chelsea, in fact. Um, yeah, five points to throw in four games. They're not they're not pulling up trees, but I think that's a really impressive result, and that wouldn't have been one that I imagine many Sheffield fans would have circled on their calendar, saying, "Yeah, we'll pick up a point there at the start of the year." Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, well played, Sheffield. Yeah, I, th- I make your rise on that. I think. Um yeah, I think that was probably the the, st- the standout result. Really, the the only particular shock maybe of the of the weekend. Um, yeah, Sheffield United will probably want to make the home as fortress and pick up any points on the road. Uh, but we wouldn't have been expecting to pick up anything away at Chelsea. And like I say, the circumstances made it made it all the more impressive. Um, and going back on our so last week we made a couple of predictions. We said I think we predicted the United Southampton game. I think I went one all and you went two one United. Yeah, so you take that one, don't you? Well played. Thank you. Uh, and then it was the Everton game. Oh, Everton Wolves. That was quite a. That was a game that we sort of talked about last week as being a potential. Uh, well, going going some way to decide who uh, who finishes potentially uh, near the top six or in the top six. Um, quite a game, wasn't yeah, it? From, from- it was probably proper Super Sunday this one, wasn't it? Nine <laughs> goals over them, and yeah, I mean, yeah, I was watching Everton Wolves and just sort of put it on, just yeah, as it was there, wasn't wasn't amazingly pumped about the game before we see, and then there was you know three goals in the opening eleven minutes or whatever it was, it was just bonkers. And, mm. um, where's this going? And then yeah, uh, Wolves fought back twice, well, but, but Everton managed to, to do it at the end. Um, Itchy Richie got a couple, didn't he? Uh, yeah. So yeah, I think um, good result for Everton, uh, and yeah, Wolves shown that they. Yeah, even when they're playing in Europe, they've still got some fighting quality about them. So, yeah, I think both their, those sides will, will go well this season where how consistent they can be, I suppose, will decide. But, they're, again, uh, if you look at, you know, we talked about Spurs and Arsenal potentially being the two of the top four. I don't, I, I think with you, them two, you look at United again at the weekend, not impressive. Chelsea, obviously, was mentioned already. There's There really is potentially two Champions League spots open for anyone who wants to put a bit of a run together and social <laughs> consistency. Um, I think... You assume Arsenal and Spurs will, will settle down eventually, but if you can get some points now, mm. they're, they're not um, they're not great, and both have got their own European you know matters to worry about as well, haven't they? So yeah, yeah. it's um, it's yeah, it's, it looks even more perhaps yeah, probably even more so than last season because I thought Spurs were good for periods that um, it's going to be at the top, the top two, and the rest. Yeah, and I think Leicester once again um, are going to be one of the uh, one of the teams that are going to be up there as well. Um, not, not that it was a massively impressive performance, at, um, you know, beating Bournemouth three-one, but um, decent. And um, yeah, Vardy looks like he's back, banging them in again. Uh, so yeah, yeah, they're, they're sitting in third at the minute, aren't they? So um, yeah, good start for them. And 
see if they can carry it on, uh, see, see how their depth goes, I suppose, if they get a couple of injuries, but they, they, they look handy so far. I know. Uh, and the other, the other score, so I think I predicted Everton to win, and you said a draw, I think. Yeah. And then the other one was we both went for uh, the solid Arsenal victories, uh, which clearly was rubbish. But there we go. Um, okay, so moving on from the weekend's football uh, for a bit, let's talk about cycling. Everyone loves a bit of cycling, don't they, Jono? They do, we certainly do, Gareth. And what, what better time to like a bit is get into a bit of cycling than, uh, than what's going on at the Giro at the moment? The Vuelta, do you mean, Gareth? <laughs> the Vuelta, yeah, sorry, yeah. He's <laughs> a bit missing it, Lee. Uh, yes, the, uh, the quite bonkers uh, Vuelta de Spagna, the further the Grand Tours, uh, for those that don't know. Uh, there's three Grand Tours in the year, the Giro de Salic, as mentioned, the uh, Tour de France, the most famous. And then the Vuelta at the end, and... Uh, yeah, the world was, I suppose, sort of uh, sees itself and is marketed as being a bit of a bonkers one that doesn't have as much pattern as all that. And this, uh, the opening of this world was as lived up to that <laughs> reputation, really. Um, but it has been good fun in that there's kind of been uh, the four, the big four have kind of emerged, although they might have just added a big five as a, another lad uh, dived in yesterday and potentially put himself up there. But yeah, the two Movistar star boys, Quintana and Valverde. Um, Miguel Angelo Lopez and uh, Primus Roglic, the, to the, the latter two are the two, the two favourites that we talked about in preview uh, the week before last, wasn't it, I think? Yeah. Or was it last week? Um, and yeah, they're all kind of battling. I think various ones have looked good at different points. Uh, there was the uh, the stage Friday and the stage, well, yeah, the stage Friday and the stage uh, yesterday, I both thought were really good fun. Mm-hmm. Um, the stage Friday kind of tried to break each other down at various points in then kind of all all stayed together till the very end when Valverde kind of and sprinted away and Roglic came with him. Yeah, well, let's uh, the one tails. yesterday. Yeah, the one yesterday was the quite short 94 kilometer, just brutal mountain stage, and and it was absolute pissing down, wasn't it? And hailstone at one point. <laughs> um, so we lost some pictures for a while, but uh, yeah, after some different attacks back and forth, and, and Movistar having the two big ones, they're trying to sort of uh, they, their team seems to be starting off big, and then. Another team will take over, and then it seems, yeah, Quintana and Valverde are trying to attack uh, the other teams to sort of draw Roglic and, and Lopez out. And, mm. then, and then Lopez counter attacked yesterday, and I thought, okay, he's away, it looks, he's looking like his tour. But they caught up with him later on, and uh, it was it was Quintana who, who braced away. And I think I've, I've been very impressed with Quintana so far. I think he probably looks the strongest in terms of legs and up the mountain and attacking, but um, he's not. He's not probably putting enough time with the other guy who's looking very impressive, which is Roglic. Uh, Roglic, they have tried to to break him back and forth and he's not really he cracked for a little bit yesterday but sort of got himself back and with the time trial tomorrow and he's, he's, he's only six seconds behind mm. Quintana who's in the lead um, he should put time into everyone tomorrow you'd think he's, he's the sort he's the more noted time trialer yeah, and, and then you, it's whether he can he stay strong because it's it's not um, they've not then got on, and there, there are other mountain stages but it's not like a big um, flurry of them in two or three days in a row so it's it's it could be set up well for him if he can do his usually impressive time trial yeah and I think the other thing to remember is uh, Quintana's already done um, Tour de France not so long ago and he's got that in his legs and um, Roglic doesn't have that in his legs so that could be a, bit, a, a big advantage to him uh, as the weeks progress yeah I mean it seems to be helping Quintana a minute and it looks probably the the, the freshest the fittest up, yeah the fittest up the mountains mm. but you might be right maybe as it will go on because he in the tour, every time he seems to sort of get strong as it goes on. Maybe he's sort of just carrying this on, and and you wonder if he'll fade. But he's he's looked very comfortable so far, Quintana, and he's looking good up the mountains. But yeah, um, 
you'll need to do some more. I think Lopez probably looked good uh, last week and, and early on in it before the last couple of stages and still would have some to say. And Valverde, um, he's no Muppet and, and if he can sort of look, he, he's not um, he's not as good at the mountains as as uh, Lopez or uh, Quintana, but if he can sort of right attacks and the ones that aren't incredibly steep, he might be able to, to tactically get himself in a clever place there. He is the world champion after all, so mm. um, I don't think he's quite out of it yet, and it'd be interesting to see how Movistar play it. Uh, I don't know if you saw the the clip on the um, ITV highlights the other day that we always watch of the Movistar guy answering, uh, the Supremo answering the question of who they're backing, and it was a uh, about a five-minute answer didn't really answer the question <laughs> in the slightest. He he, he oscillated. Uh, that's Johnson. Back yeah, very good. Between oh, that's quite pleased. Um, between saying we've got this and we like this and we're going to go with this one and we want this one. See how this one is, and then we will see where both of them at. And it just yeah, it showed that they, they don't really know. But I, I don't suppose they have to in a minute. They're they're they're, they're actually running riding quite a, a race movie style, and I think they're picking the right times to attack the rest of the teams and and are setting some early pace up. So I think they're they're having. Um, a decent tactical race so far. Yeah, you see, you see they're having a decent tactical race. When uh, Ineos were doing this, we had um, uh, Geraint and um, Bernal in the Tour de France. You were criticising them, saying they're not going to have the, fo- the right focus and uh, when it comes to it, they're not going to know who's going who to pick. So why is it all changed now then? I think I'm always started controlling a bit more than what Sky did. Um, I think Sky... Uh, they got a bit fortunate towards the end in how those two stages sort of ended, and I'd like to have seen what would happen. Um, oh, I, th- I think I, I, at least I was just thinking about fortune. I think Benal was was racing away on that uh, the penultimate one. Anyway, done. Or he may have been picked back. Well, we'll never know. But I think the the last stage getting taken out, they they got a little lucky. I don't think Sky probably control was. I think Moby Star have got a sort of a clear idea of what they're doing a bit more. Uh, but it's it's not dissimilar, and, and Sky only came away with it so that they did what they needed to so I just didn't thought that other teams attacked a lot more and Sky weren't controlling it as they usually were and weren't quite sure uh, where they were going really and, and you know they, you know, Bert and Thomas did attack back against Bernal in that one stage and it seemed to uh, bring people back towards him but, but Bernal was strong enough in the end so it, it could prove similar and, and I'm sure Movistar would be happy if it did um, I, I think their Movistar Arabia is controlled a bit more probably because it's, it's not as strong a field as, as what Sky are facing in, in the tour if we're honest mm. um, but yeah maybe, maybe yeah it's if, if you have got two of, two of the top riders I don't suppose you need to decide just yet um, I just wasn't sure what Sky were eventually doing but they they, they were had they had the probably two best riders in that wheel they finished first and second in the race and Movistar yeah. um, I think have probably got at least one of the top two here whether they've got two of the top two I'm not quite sure Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So we does that mean you're sticking with what our predictions at the start were, or no? Go on. I'll back. I'll back Quintana. I did, did have a little punt <laughs> on him as well. He was he's a bit longer odds than Lopez. Uh, now now he's oscillating. Yeah. Oh yeah. Flip flop. Johnson's uh, here to stay. Uh, <laughs> so you you no, you been in Lopez I'll, and you're going going Quintana then? I reckon I'll climb in a win, Gareth. There you go. I'll, I'll stick back out. <laughs> Uh, you back in Roglic? He has looked yeah, good so far. Yeah, I'll stick with Roglic. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, when we get to the uh, the downhill section, um, he's uh, he's good on the downhills, isn't he? Yeah, he's and then the time trial tomorrow. Yeah, I think everyone's trying to limit their losses. And we haven't really mentioned. Is it Pogacar? Is that what you say it? The uh, the young. Yeah, the lad who just dipped in. I think Slovenia, isn't he? He, mm. he tore the tore the stage up yesterday. I'd say it was a battle back and forth from the big boys were in, but he eventually attacked late on and managed to keep it stick. And he's 
about one minute forty back, isn't he, from the main boys? I think so. Mm. He's not a million miles away. Um, May serves and say he looks he looks a talent. Mm. Yeah, but my downhill comment was more about um, Roglic's uh, previous uh, life as a snowboarder. But there we go. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, carry on. <laughs> carry on. Um, right, okay, enough, uh, enough cycling. We'll uh, move. Well, we'll move quickly on to rugby union. Uh, we, we only talked about brief, briefly last week about uh, Ireland playing Wales this weekend, just gone. And um, although it was like, well, it was Wales third team, uh, probably Ireland's strongest team. Um, so, uh, so what happened, Jono? Say again, sorry. <laughs> the, the rugby union, Ireland v Wales. They're saying it's probably yes, probably Wales is. Uh, third team and Ireland's strongest team and, uh, and Ireland came away with uh, with a close victory yeah they were ahead for a long while and Wales made a bit of a fire back oh, but I don't know if I quite go your third team I think there's certainly a few second choices in there and probably <laughs> your first choice but probably your first choice back row but uh, yeah I think uh, you, I think Ireland needed it more and, and probably won because of that um, you were didn't really offer anything until Patrick came on and mm-hmm. Patrick looked very lively and sort of brought you back into the game um, but I think you could see Ireland did have, definitely did have a better, uh, you know, more, uh, closer to their first team than what, than what you had, and um, and they were desperate for a win. Um, their confidence has seemed fairly shot since they played us in the Six Nations and just haven't really quite bounced back to what they were before. I don't look the mm. the same solid defensive unit. Don't seem to have quite the same verve in attack. But they um, they started off very well, and um, yeah, they um, did create some chances and, and perhaps got a bit fortunate with Stockdale's first try and in sort of the way he finished it, but he, mm. but he is class. And, and obviously they are missing Sexton, who, who they do base a lot of what they do around. Mm. Uh, I, I thought uh, the lad Carty definitely looked better than the uh, the one who played out against us last week. Uh, and I think forward-wise, the, the pack, they had sort of Dave Kilcoyne putting his hand up, Keen Healy got injured, didn't he? Kilcoyne was immense. Um, and yes, uh, Hendo and, and Ryan looked, looked decent and the back row was, was going a bit more forward as well. So they still don't look like the side they were you know, uh, about this time last year when they were beating the Kiwis and, and mm. quite comfortably in the autumn. But um, they, they, yeah, they needed that and it'll be interesting to see how they follow up this weekend because it's uh, part two of your game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, they've left out Tona for the uh, for the World Cup squad. Uh, we've left out... Um, oh, I can't remember his name. Front line. Uh, Rob Evans, that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's a, good, a couple of big names that have uh, been left out. Um, but but going back to Ireland, just briefly, just, <laughs> they're now the the third team who's reached the number one in the world rankings uh, in the last well three weeks, I think. Um, so we're now putting all our eggs into the Irish basket and uh, and saying that they're gonna they're gonna win the World Cup with ease. <laughs> No, uh, I, yeah, I don't think they won it at all. Um, I, I, and I was fully on board with their training a year ago, and I thought they were really sort of looking the perfect blend of um, you know sort of experience and a bit of youth as well. Uh, and they, yeah, um, you know, don't want to say it's all about England, but it, it really was <laughs> that game against us where they've haven't really recovered from, and now they they don't seem as sure in anything what they're doing. And it may just be the Sixers missing, but. Um, their their pack is very good and at its best is, is probably right up there but I don't haven't seen it at its best and I'm not sure it's the best pack in the world. Uh, hmm. You need um firing and someone who was very good a year or two back, someone like CJ Stander who was constantly on the front foot, hasn't has been out of form for a while now. James Ryan was, was up there, the best second rows in the world a year or so back and has kind of lost a bit of form and I, I wouldn't put him 
uh, top three or four probably now, probably just below that, I think. I think I'd have at least the two of the English locks ahead of him. I'd have Alan Wynn ahead of him and, and then maybe think about it. Uh, Omani is class. But yeah, just they're lacking a bit. And Furlong, who was, um, was the best tight end in the world and, and probably still would make a lot of World eleven teams, hasn't been as good. And then the backs, uh, I suppose Connor Murray is probably the big one to look at in terms of he's not the... He's not bad, again. We're talking... Um, small margins here but he's, he's not quite been the box kicking controlling the game sensation that he, he has been for the last two or three years really mm. and then it's um, yeah the centre combination Bundyaki is uh, a decent runner up uh, so a decent runner up in, you know he'll carry the ball up I don't think he has a lot of ingenuity I like Ring Rose and yeah Stockdale uh, is, is immense but it, it's it's going to be how good Sexton is when he's back fit and then um, can Murray find form and, and will the pack get there so there's a hell of a lot of experience in there and, and mm. they were a good side but I just there just seems to be a few too many players out of form and, and maybe lack of confidence and if they can they haven't got the hardest group have they so maybe they'll be able to get it back but um, at the same time if, if Finn Russell had uh, an amazing day and I hear he was very good at the weekend against Georgia admittedly mm. um, away, could, away though you know, yeah um, they they could you know he's sort of played he, he tore England apart for a half didn't he in the Six Nations he's mm-hmm. um he's got he's got magic so I, I wouldn't guarantee that victory and they 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 didn't beat Scotland easily in the Six Nations this year so they they need to get some form together and maybe the group stage will allow that but um, no I'd I'd think they I could see them going out in the quarters really. that's when they normally go out. Yeah, never made quarters. They get the loser of the New Zealand South Africa group, so neither options pretty there. I think. Mm. I think it's the. Yeah, I think it's who comes. So neither of them options are uh, attractive at all. <laughs> Possibly the two best sides in the tournament. Um, Oof! Yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! I think uh, Wales. No, you sorry. To say you, that. you mean England? You mean England? Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, unless something, unless they can get themselves back and quickly, and, and they are. Um, you know, Wales and England have both played more than they have uh, mm. now. They, um, yeah, I'd, I'd be worried if I were an Ireland fan. There's still class there, so so maybe that that will come good. But no, just they, they went from looking really experienced to a bit old this year. <laughs> yeah, uh, and they look they look fairly. But like, I know, you keep coming back to the uh, the England game. They have they did look fairly unbeatable, and they did look like it was just going to be them and New Zealand going to be the top two. Um, to now, although <laughs> funny in it with. They've gone to uh, the weekend. They've gone to number one in the rankings, and we're pulling them apart, saying we don't think they're going to get past the quarters. Um, but yeah, maybe that says more about the rankings than it does about the. Uh, well, maybe maybe it says a lot about our opinions as well. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, that World Cup's coming up very soon, um, so we'll uh, we'll do a bit more uh, of a preview on that coming up in the next couple of weeks. We could uh, perhaps even try and speak to an Irishman, Gareth, and see if they're any more optimistic than uh, than we are. Because uh, we, yeah, I'm not a good to say there, have we? So no. maybe we'll try and try and dig, try and dig out an Irishman, like a couple, and see if they want to offer some thoughts on where they could go. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Um, okay, moving on from rugby, uh, it's the U.S. Open in the tennis at the minute, Jono. Uh, there's been a couple of shocks already. Um, I saw the women's. Uh, Asaka went out, uh, the defending champion from last year. Yeah, she went out today, didn't she? Yeah. Uh, and uh, and Conta, she um, sprung a surprise, didn't she? And knocked out the third seed yesterday. Yesterday or day before yesterday? Uh, yeah, yesterday, I think. I think it was just, yeah. yeah, it was yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so she's 
she's doing. I suppose Connor. She does this quite a lot, doesn't she? She gets somewhere in the tournament, and then you like get really excited about, it and then she'll um, then go out. But yeah, still the, very the, uh, the classic Tim Henman. <laughs> yeah, she a bit like uh, it was Pilsova or Pilsova, the number one, number three, uh, Carolina. However you say her surname, she she took out yesterday, so that was impressive. And she's now got the uh, fifth seed. It's with Selena. I'll have a go at saying that mm. uh, tomorrow. So um, yeah, not easy, but. Uh, yeah, she she is this classic Connor, isn't she? On a day, she can be good and beat anyone, uh, mm. but she seems to sometimes lose her head as, as the tournament goes on. So, hope this is the uh, hope I'm wrong. But yes, yeah, it's, it's again, it's not a bad chance. It's opened up with Osaka going out as well, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, and sort of, uh, Williams was struggling, but but went through yesterday. It's it's hard to remember, work out because the day yesterday was <laughs> was earlier. Yeah. They're there today's playing now, isn't it? So, but yeah, it was yesterday that uh, Williams went through, I think. Um, and then in the men's side, uh, Djokovic got booed, got booed off after quitting. Um, he was, to be fair, he was a couple of sets down to uh, Stanford Rinker, um, and then went uh, a breakdown. And at that point, went after a double fault, and at that point said, "Oh yeah, actually, I'm injured," um, and that was the end of the match. And so uh, I can see why he got booed. Um, it's almost as though he, yeah. he didn't want the loss on his record and thought I'll just take the injury hit <laughs> yeah um, not the best to be fair uh, and he, he he's he, you know, he's generally not the beloved as beloved as the other big two is he the, the, other, two, no. the other two of the big three um, and he, he uh, he's, I think he's got to stick at the US before the, the Americans have never seen to take him too much which um, perhaps a bit harsh he's won there a few times and I think his first Grand Slam was, was the US if I remember maybe it was Songa way back when he was Songa in the final um, but yeah it, so it would not be it seemed, the Aussie no he's won I think six Aussies but I feel like his first was the US I'll have a look at that while, while we're talking <laughs> okay. but uh, he yeah he's um, he's obviously been the, the player this well, this decade really hasn't he mm-hmm. and um, and certainly this, this year he, he's been classy you know won one Wimbledon when he really wasn't playing the best I don't think and managed to hold on against the, the Federer onslaught and um, he is having this shoulder problem and it has been mentioned a couple of times but um, yeah he yeah wait until you're part of it unless you're going to cause further damage and you think he could have dropped out before and if he's that worried about that why not finish the game and just do the last few games yeah it just it smacked a bit of someone who didn't fancy being out there anymore it wasn't yeah it wasn't, wasn't the best really Um no, but it does. Yeah. It, it does, however, play into uh, Nadal or Federer's hands. Take about you're right. Was the Aussie Open he won first time? But uh, yes, it does come down to your point. Uh, it looks like it. Well, very hopefully they've never um, they've never actually played in the final of the US uh, Federer and Nadal. Mm. Um, but yeah, Federer's uh, got uh, Dimitrov, who was always called Baby Fed, and has never really got out of that stage because he's he's seven. He's and seven against Federer, and, and usually gets handled quite easily. He's, he's He's got a similarish game, Federer, except not as good in, in anything really. Um, so, uh, not to rhyme off too quickly, maybe it'll uh, make me eat my words. But yeah, Dimitrov's never been great. And then uh, it's Rorinka who obviously beat Djokovic and is always a wild card and can beat anyone on his day against Medvedev, who's the sort of player who's shot up the rankings, but he's also getting booed by the US fans and seems to be having a, a love affair with them. Uh, I think Medvedev's been in a few hard matches, so perhaps Rorinka will sneak through that one. Mm. And then Federer tends to beat Varinka as well quite regularly although Varinka has a couple of big victories over him uh, so I'll back Federer to get through that side and then the other side Nadal 
Uh, he's going along fairly cruisily. Uh, he's got. Uh, he's got. Uh, was it the Asian lady beat the last round? He's got. He'll get. You'd think Zarev in the quarters if he gets through. Um, Chilich, sure, he's got tonight. Chilich, ex winner of the uh, US. I was there to watch it, Gareth. Um, <laughs> we talked about that on the previous pod as well, didn't we? We have, yeah. Uh, let's say the best. So, uh, Chilich tonight, and uh, unless Chilich gets back to that form, I think, yeah, Djokovic, uh, Djokovic, sure, and I'll handle him fairly easily, and then, and then probably beat Zarev afterwards. Um, and then, yeah, uh, I think the, the other he'll get his semi would be against. Uh, yeah, Rubev, probably Monfield, probably Monfils, and he will win that too. So yeah, I don't think uh, Nadal's got too much to worry about on his side. So hopefully, Gareth, hopefully we could have the big two within their first ever US Open final, and that that would be quite a game to watch on Sunday. That would, it would. Um, um, yeah, they do three out of the same before. There's, yeah, there's nothing quite like watching Federer and Nadal play. It's just yeah, the, the styles mesh so well. So um, yeah, we we. Obviously, counting a few chickens here, but they they seem like the two form players and the best, and they tend to beat the lesser players in the Grand Slams, don't they? So only Djokovic who really seems to be kryptonite from both, or yeah, and each other for both. So mm. hopefully, it's, uh, hopefully it's uh, them two in the final again. I hope Federer beats him on Sunday. Yeah, well, we'll uh, we'll watch that um, closely, and then also the other thing that we're going to watch closely uh, this week, Andrew, is the uh, the next Ashes Test. Uh, you've done a bit of a yeah. preview with um, with our Aussie friend uh, in the pod down under. You can catch from last week. Um, but uh, we, one thing we like to do, and, uh, and listeners who've listened to us for uh, for a while will know that we do sport on tap at certain sporting events, um, where we try and get a bit of a recording of whatever sporting event one of us has gone to. Uh, to be fair, it's normally you. Mine's normally just football, but. Um, and unfortunately, we would have had a great one this weekend. Uh, just gone boxing, but we had some technical difficulties, didn't we, John? Yeah, someone forgot his mic. A big technical <laughs> difficulty. Yeah, just yeah, it's just I think, think yeah, just the the signal went out too. Probably the acoustics wouldn't have been good. It's not like it was an amazing show or anything. No, um, no, no, definitely not. But I'll. Uh, don't worry, I've got the reminders this week, Gareth. So it definitely happened. Uh, yeah, we'll try, try and uh, try and capture some of the ashes. Uh, we're going to day four. Uh, us and a few mates. Uh, some of you've been on the pod before. Uh, so yeah, over watch day four. Hopefully the test is still going; it's not being rained off, and we can, uh, yeah, perhaps bring you day four. We'll probably be bringing you the climax. The game will be in well. Yeah, and hopefully in England, England win. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, sunny Manchester is known for its uh, its glorious weather, so I'm sure it'll uh, it'll still be going on uh, on day four. You'll you'll be loving it. Yeah, don't forget your sun cream. No, I won't, Gareth. Uh, yeah, it's um, probably, probably yeah, about the second day of play, won't it? And uh, we'll be trying to rattle through quickly for. Uh, for a draw, so yeah, uh, England have uh, moved the order around slightly. Jason Roy's got dropped down the order. Joe Denley's come up. Uh, other than that, it seems to be sticking with the winning side, which is uh, one way of uh, praising Ben Stokes, and he's basically holding the whole side together. Um, but yeah, we're aware of that. So yeah, hopefully an England win. But um, Steve Smith come back for the Aussies is uh, uh, a serious concern. But like you said, we could, you can hear a bit more about that if you want on the two partner down under from last week. Yeah, and. Um yeah, it's basically Stokes v Smith, isn't it? And just uh, a few also rounds who are going to help out. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. No, uh, yeah, no, no, Jimmy Anderson. We were talking about him last week. Uh, Jimmy, uh, it was ruled out for the rest of the series as well, wasn't he? Which is, is a blow for us. And um, perhaps keeping Wilkinson, who hasn't been given enough of a chance, don't think um, it probably strengthens our bat him. But yeah, Jimmy's, um, well, yeah, our greatest bowler ever, really. So uh, it would would have been nice to see him, but and see if he could have had a go against Smith. But we shall see. Yep. Fair enough. Um, and then just to, to end this podcast this week, uh, we often try and 
throw a couple of questions in about various different sports and every now and again we'll have a, a kind of a wider question about different sport. Uh, unfortunately this week, it, well I say unfortunately it's, it's quite a sobering question. Um, over the weekend there was a death in the Formula 2 uh, at the Spa in, in Belgium. Um, Hubert uh, crashed uh, 100, 180 miles I reckon he, was, he crashed. Uh, and I, I think it was fairly obvious from the reaction of... Um, I think Lewis Hamilton was caught on on, uh, on camera with his reaction that he's been interviewed at the time of the crash happened, and there was a there was another um, uh, there was another racer as well, um, a Formula One racer who was watching at the time, uh, and I think the reaction of the drivers kind of knew straight away it was it was very serious, and uh, certain interviews were stopped. Um, but yeah, and sadly he, he went on to uh, well he, he lost his life um, on on the weekend. Bit odd, that, well, not maybe not a bit odd, but they, the the Formula One then carried on um, on the same track. And I think uh, Ricardo's come out uh, today and said, how, or yesterday, and said how um, strange it was going through the same corners that uh, that Hubert had gone through sort of 24 hours earlier. Um, but it just perhaps brought open a, a wider question. So there's there's been the death in the in the Formula Two uh, over the weekend, and there's been a couple of deaths in in boxing over the last. Well, over the, since the turn of the year, really, uh, and then there was also um, a death in the cycling. Um, Bjork Lambrecht, uh, a talented young rider, uh, died in a Tour de Tour de Pologne. Um, yeah, just after the just after the, well, about a month ago, um, and he died during a race. Uh, at the time, they weren't sure what he was, what it was from, but it seemed to be uh, um, severe lacerations to his liver. Um, that caused an internal hemorrhage, uh, and then subsequently a, a cardiac arrest. So, um, yeah, it got, got, got us kind of thinking: is um, is this something that's just par and par for the course uh, of individual sport, um, or is it is it perhaps a wider issue of sports uh, sportsmen, elite sportsmen, at the very least, being pushed? Push to perform, push to uh, earn contracts, push beyond perhaps their capabilities, and um, are we getting close to coming to an optimum where we're pushing athletes and sportsmen too far? Yeah, uh, that is a pretty sobering question, uh, and, and I suppose one you can take in a few ways. Uh, it's weird because I think um, with the sports you name, they'd, they'd probably all say that they've they've tightened up a hell of a lot in what they used to be mm. uh, motor racing. Um, you, you you watch the old sort of documentaries and sort of when Senna died, and even earlier than that, really. And and you hear the way that the likes of Jackie Stewart, if you want to go back even further, used to talk about the racing. It it just sounded like it it really was um, part of the course for people for racers to die reasonably regularly. Mm. Um, I don't think it's as bad as that now. Obviously, um, that's not going to bring the guy back and, and force to. All the, all the people we're talking about here, their families. So I'm not sure they'll be listening to this, but um, yeah, it's, it's seriously sobering stuff. But I think I think racing would say it's improved. I think cycling would also say it's improved, and, and boxing and definitely would as well. But I suppose what comes with that, and, and what we're perhaps getting at, is that the the sort of the rise of technology has brought in bigger and better things, hasn't it? You know, your boxers. Um, well, you can say it's the rise of technology and, and better training regimes, or you can say they're taking better drugs, uh, depending on your viewpoint. I think. Um, there's been that many uh, enough failed tests that we, we were worried about that, and the the day when it is proven that someone's been um, been unfortunately been killed by someone on drugs, you, you wonder if that will change the landscape there somewhat. Mm. 
F1, the cars have got safer, but they've probably got faster too. Mm. Uh, and that, and yeah, the, the, the speed barriers have, have got um, better and, and safer as they can be. But like you say, it's 180 miles now. You can't really control what happens after that, can you? If you're going at that speed. Mm. Um, and cycling, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's the stage just guide on, but you, they seem to, as we as the stage was yesterday, they seem to be desperate to bring in more cobbles and that, don't they? And make them a bit more dramatic and there was a sort of weird gravelly bit yesterday you didn't get great pictures of because of the weather um, mm. yeah I think I think we're, there's probably some uh, weird confluence of trying to push the limits in terms of how we utilise the more modern day advances and how that sort of rates a human condition I don't think like I think you know the likes those sports will made significant strides to make themselves safer but they're in, in doing so they've probably also sort of raised the bar of it and then when you combine that with all the options that are available to you and how you can make yourself better um, and the money that's on offer uh, which I think unfortunately in the examples we're talking about here the, the boxers that died and the cyclists that died and the F2 things that you know none of them are at the elite level of their thing they've not died and left their families sorted for generations these aren't the these aren't the Mayweathers and Pacquiao's and the, uh, the even the Chris Frooms and Thomases or, mm. or the Lewis Hamilton's dying are they these are the people who are sort of trying to make it and scrape there and, and those are the ones who seem to be losing and, and um, yeah, and, and and to be fair, I'm, I suppose with something like boxing, I'm talking more about the British level of, of fighting, which is, is sort of world renowned for its safety. Like one of the guys that died was in, I think it was Argentina, wasn't it? It wasn't even oxygen available to him. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, the F2, I don't know how that compared. I think that's meant to be better. But I know a lot about the F1. The F1 have done more than say the F2 and cycling. It was a, a lesser race, wasn't it? So perhaps we're talking about the the again the elite maybe of the sport of moving forward, and, and maybe there's something about whether that. Um, translate whether that filters down to the rest of the sport and whether they, they get the same benefits and the same safety records as uh, and same safety options not records in the right word safety mm. chances perhaps that they do but um, I don't know if you had a different take on it yeah I, th- I think I think you're right in a lot of what you said I think um, I suppose you have to analyse some of the deaths I mean the, the Formula 1 um it, there was another fellow who died was it Bianchi that died um, three, four years ago 2015 somewhere like that um, but yeah, it wasn't he, long ago. and he didn't die on the scene he, he died um, he never recovered he, he died several months later in, in hospital um, with Formula 1 there's, it's just it's just the crashes in it so it's just the safety of the cars um, with with the cycling there's been a few deaths uh, and this one was it was a was a crash um, Lemberback was a, a crash into a post concrete post but there's been a few other deaths uh, of other cyclists over the last couple of years that have been cardiac arrests, um, perhaps pushing the bodies too far. There's, there's always there's like a list uh, on Wikipedia of um, of cyclists who died on Ironmans and um, kind of your road, your track cyclists and you know there's there's been quite a few that have been from cardiac arrest. There's been others that collided with lorries and stuff, which um, not to kind of um, yeah poo-poo any of the any of the deaths or, or make any comment on the deaths of, of a, cy- a cyclist into a into a lorry or anything but that's a different type of you couldn't particularly say that that's push a cyclist pushing himself um where's the boxing yeah the boxing's more about how much uh, an athlete's able to endure um to an extent there was i can't remember which which death it was but i don't think it was the Argentina. i think it was the other one um a month or so back where the the trainer threw in the towel and ended the fight um, and looked like he'd done done the right thing 
In fact, it was the Russia, wasn't it? Uh, Derechenkov. That's how you say it. Yeah, it was the fight was in America, wasn't it? But yeah, it was a Russian lad. Um, and then we pulled out. And um, yeah, the sort of video showed afterwards he wasn't in a good way. But um, yeah, I think we talked about it a bit at the time, didn't we? Yeah, the trainer had pulled him out and looked like he pulled him out in good time. And um, yeah, it turns out, well, the trainer perhaps did, did do did do by, right by pulling them out, but he did die um, anyway, if you like. And um, yeah, it's, it's very sad, isn't it? And you just think, um, like I say, this probably has happened over the years and you perhaps didn't know as much about what's happened, but are we, are these, none of these are the big names. Um, and not that you'd ever want a, a any, any big names to, to die in, in the sports but um, or anyone to die but if one of the big names did die then it would perhaps put a different take on athletes um, trying to push themselves to get to that elite level Yeah for sure I mean we, we've not even um, really touched on uh, I suppose we're talking about instant deaths aren't we or sort of ones that happen at, at the time but you know boxing particularly you, you talk about the, the CTE and the not the concussions I mean Pops obviously get concussed regularly, but the the brain damage has been done, and I think um, that has been you know that has been bigger in team sports. The likes of American football um, have had big issues with that, and sort of big lawsuits have been paid out that they reckon could be bigger. But in terms of an individual level, I think um, you know the likes of Trish Dixon's writing a book on CTE at the minute, which um, is the if you've seen the uh, what's the Will Smith film, it is called. No, it's not concussion. Uh, it concussion. It's not concussion. Something like um, yeah, the one with the NFL. The, the, yeah, um, CTE, which is the it's something like cardiotropic something. It's basically the the repeated um, you, yeah, repeated bashing of the brain and what the mm. effects that has um, in boxing. That used to be called being punch drunk, didn't it? It's now it's now called CTE. It's got a more medical diagnosed, but they, those are those are potentially lives not lost straight away, but they are lives who are severely damaged. And you, you know, you're talking about the burden that that puts on family members. And again, that doesn't Ali would obviously be the example to be different, but. A lot of the time, it's not you know, it's not your um, even your Tysons or your Lennox Lewis's. Is it? It's boxers no. who uh, are more the journeymen who take a lot of punishment on the way, or, or you know, don't quite get there, and and they end up um, well messed up. Really, is is the way to say it. It's a varying degree. Some of them, you know, do will end up taking their own lives and things like that, um, uh, or they'll be you know really uh, you know uh, without. Well, a better way, for want of a better way, saying it burdens on their family in terms of how much pressure they put on, in terms of the care they need, and and, and how messed up they are, um, and and what that does for the quality of the rest of their life, really. So it's, mm. you know, we're we're talking about just deaths, but those are people who, who's who, who don't live the sort of lives they could have done because of what they do in the sport. So, yeah, um, you know, we'll, we'll we're not going to stop being sports fans at all. I wouldn't have thought, but. Um, yeah, things like this do make you stop and stop and pause, and, and you hope it doesn't get any worse. And um, yeah, you hope it's more something we talk about every, you know, very rarely rather than at all. But yeah, you might be right if it did happen to to one of the greats. Um, you know, I think when Senna died, didn't he, in the F1 a good few years back, it did lead to a lot of changes. Mm. You don't want that to have to happen again, and, and you know, Vettel or or Hamilton pay with their life. And similarly, you don't want one of the best boxers to to pay or, or another cyclist. So it's. Um, yeah, it's grim, really. You don't, you don't want to be sitting in a position where you, you really want change to happen by someone else, uh, something bad happening to someone else, do you? No, no, certainly not. And, um, but, and unfortunately, sometimes that's that's the way that kind of force things uh, force things through, isn't it? Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, interesting. Uh, yeah, interesting kind of um, debate to have, I suppose. And uh, I'm sure there's there's conversations going around um, 
Formula Formula Two and Formula One at the moment about uh, what what you know what more needs to be done. Uh, like you say, I suppose the good thing in in terms of uh, Formula One is there was there was no no um, fatalities for well, it must be thirty years was it um, between ninety four and um, yeah two thousand fifteen was two thousand fifteen right with um, BRK so yeah it had improved and but yeah it's not. Um, Although, completely safe, is it? No, although uh, technically that's twenty years, not thirty years. But yeah. Um, but yeah, well, um, yeah. If anyone's got any thoughts or any, uh, yeah, disagree with this completely or, or <laughs> whichever, then uh, yeah, please let us know, and we'll um, we're happy to kind of facilitate more discussions, not just around this topic, but any other topics as well. Um, you, like I said before, you can catch us at Pint of Two uh, on Facebook or at Pint of Two on Twitter. And yeah, get involved, and um, we'll try and if, you, if there's anything you want us to particularly debate, then we'll try and um, yeah, get our uh, argumentative caps on, won't we, Jono? Yeah, and it, you, you can. It doesn't have to be as sober on topic as that. If you want anything uh, a bit more lighthearted, we can give that a go too. So yeah, any uh, anything you want us to comment on, please please let us know on uh, either of those platforms. Yeah, and uh, if we if, if we can find somebody who disagrees with us uh, about Granite Jack and uh, and wants to come on and give a uh, a leap to Janet's def- Granite's defence and tell us what a great player he's going to be for, for Arsenal then, uh, then please do uh, right John, I think that's it for today yeah cheers Gareth see you next Thank week you. cheers all for listening cheers Pete